Well, good morning and Merry Christmas, everybody. Where are my people at in here who have had their Christmas stuff up and you've had Christmas music jamming for like three months already? Where are you guys at? Yeah, a few of you guys. All right. Uh, where are my people who are like, we'll do it this week, right? Okay, there's some of you guys. Uh, that first group, it's okay to be wrong, right? I mean, you can put it up after Labor Day and, you know, celebrate through all the holidays. Whatever the case may be, we're glad that you're here this morning here at Mid-Cities. I'll tell you from the top, man, my, my, uh, my voice is is being crazy. I may have stayed up too late watching football or something last night. And so uh, if it starts going crazy, I'll grab some water and we'll continue on, all right? Uh, well, today we're gonna continue on in our series uh, that we launched a few weeks ago. And uh, we have been talking about this idea of throughout scripture, we see metaphors. And I was thinking this week, I got, got to go with my family over the Dallas area, spend some time uh, with my parents. And I heard, I heard my mom, I think it was, and maybe my dad say something about my my youngest daughter, Anna Claire, she's five. Uh, I think at one point my mom said, you're such a ham, right? You're such a ham, Anna Claire. She is. She's got like a famous Instagram following. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, I heard another time somebody said, Anna Claire, you're just a turkey, right? Uh, and it's true with, with this idea that we use figurative language all the time. And we don't even realize it. In the Bible, does something very similar. We see that God is often compared through different figurative language to different things. And we've talked about how God is compared to a lion throughout Scripture. We see he's the lion of Judah, right? Uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about how he's the Passover lamb. And last week, Pastor Daniel dove into this idea. It's even so much more than just a metaphor that, that God is our Father. And so today... Uh, we're going to take a look at how uh, God is compared to the wind throughout the scripture. And when the wind of God begins to blow on believers, we see that the Holy Spirit is on the move. I, you know, I was uh, thinking this week as I was preparing for uh, this message and I was remembering uh, almost eight years ago now, my, young, or my oldest daughter, Andy, uh, we were preparing for her 10-year-old, not 10-year-old, we were preparing for her two-year-old birthday party. Uh, and I'm not sure why uh, we thought this would be a good idea because two-year-old Andy or almost two-year-old Andy was terrified of the wind. She was terrified. And we live, of course, we're good West Texans. We know that it's windy like two-thirds of the year here, is it not? And so we thought, being the great parents that we are, we thought, hey, let's do an outdoor birthday party in the middle of May and everything will go perfectly. Well, sure enough, uh, May 25th comes. It's a Saturday. We wake up. It's beautiful. We had looked at the weather. It's going to be fine. And all of a sudden, the wind starts blowing, like just causing all kinds of ha havoc. And our sweet little almost two-year-old at that time, man, she lost her mind. Tablecloth blowing everywhere. We got a table down. We got napkins and balloons. And the wind is blowing like crazy. And our two-year-old is terrified of the wind. And I wonder how many of us, when we come into a church setting, when we start hearing teaching on the wind of the Holy Spirit, how many of us are like sweet little Andy? We get a little bit, we get a little bit scared, a little bit nervous. And here's what I want to encourage you 
uh, today as we dive into this topic of the Holy Spirit, as we look throughout Scripture and we see where the Holy Spirit is on the move. When the wind of God begins to blow on believers, man, the Holy Spirit is on the move. And I would encourage you today uh, to be open to what God wants to say to you, where the Holy Spirit wants to move in your life, where, what particular areas he wants to root around in your soul a little bit. And I think if you'll be open to that, uh, man, God will move in your heart today. So if you have your Bible, you can open it up to the book of Joel. We're going to be in Joel chapter 2 today. And then we're going to move on over to the book of John uh, chapter 3. You know, the whole point of this series is to tell us more about and help us understand more about who God is, who he is, what's his character, how, how, is he, uh, how does he interact with people. And so when we come to Joel chapter 2, verse 28 and 29, we see that the prophet Joel is speaking and prophesying, and he says, and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. Jesus speaking uh, to the great Pharisee, the teacher of teachers, uh, Nicodemus in John chapter 3, says this, The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone, say it with me, who is born of the Spirit. I think there are um, fewer topics that make people a little bit uh, uncomfortable uh, than the topic of the Holy Spirit. Because there has been a lot of misunderstanding and there's a lot of mystery that comes with the work of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of mystery and it causes us as believers to have to sit in that mystery, to not have everything figured out. But here's what we see throughout the Bible. When we see wind, it's often, often a reference to God's spirit being on the move. And for some of us, when we come into church and we hear about the work of the Holy Spirit, when we hear about the wind of the Holy Spirit blowing on believers, man, some of us, it brings us a whole lot of joy because we have experienced the Holy Spirit. We've experienced the goodness of God in the Holy Spirit on our lives. There's others of us that come in and we begin to hear about a teaching on the Holy Spirit and we get a little bit uncomfortable because it might get a little weird. And it's true. If you read throughout the book of Acts, you read throughout uh, uh, the book of Galatians or any of the letters of Paul or Peter, you see, man, that, that there is some mystery and there is some things that are a bit unusual for sure about the work of the Holy Spirit. You see, when the wind of the Holy Spirit begins to blow on God's people, he is on the move. I read a, a book recently. Uh, I'll talk about it a little bit later. I'll quote from it. Uh, it's uh, Max Lucado's book, uh, his most recent one called Help is Here. And uh, he quoted this Dutch theologian, Abraham Kuyper. This, the, the quote will be on the screen from his book, Careful Treatment Required. Here's what he says. Of him, nothing appears in visible form. He never steps out from the tangible void, hovering, undefined, incomprehensible. He remains a mystery. He is as the wind. And of course, Kuiper is just riffing off of Jesus' teaching in John chapter 3. 
The work of the Holy Spirit so often is a mystery. It's kind of like the World Cup, right? I don't know how the U.S. is going to advance with not winning a single game, but it's a mystery, right? There's a few of you guys in here that care about the World Cup, not a whole lot of us. But it can feel like that at times. It can feel like, when is he, when is he going to move? When, what is he going to say? How is he going to speak? And so it's a mystery at times. And Jesus' poetic and metaphorical language regarding the work of the Holy Spirit causes us to have to sit in the mystery. I would encourage you, follower of Jesus, to sit in the mystery when it comes to the Holy Spirit. To be okay with not having it all figured out. You know, um, this morning in first service, uh, as we were worshiping, I could sense God's love for the people here this morning. I could sense his love for the people sitting at the Neely campus today. I could just feel his love uh, for his people. And I think there's some of you in here today, maybe there's some of you who showed up at church for the first time in a while. uh, And you kind of come here and you're not sure, like, I'm not sure if I should even be here. I want to tell you, if that's you today, whether you're here at 191, whether you're sitting at the Neely campus, man, God's love is far greater than you can ever imagine. It's far greater. Listen to me. Some of you need to hear this today. You have been, you've been running from God for a while, and I want you to know, man, God's love for you is far greater than you can ever imagine. And the Holy Spirit, his, his, his work is at times mysterious. We don't know what to do with it. We have to sit in the midst of the mystery. In my 16 years of vocational ministry, uh, I've seen kind of three groups of people that typically come into our church on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. Uh, the first group uh, is a group who maybe grew up in a tradition that re- either never or rarely talked about the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and my guess is with that group of people, uh, maybe they, they occasionally, maybe rarely heard a teaching on it, but at least on a Sunday morning in their church services, their orthopraxy, right, how they actually played it out on Sunday morning, uh, never showed up in their church services. Man, if that's you and you say, why did nobody ever teach me this? Man, you're in good company. We have those people that come into our church every single week. And it's okay for you to say, uh, I want to I learn more about this. I'm a, little bit, I'm a little bit nervous and that's okay, right? But that's the first group. The second group, the second group is uh, maybe you grew up in a tradition or you've you been in a, in a tradition that if, if people were not going crazy every single Sunday, the Holy Spirit did not show up. Man, it's like if, if, the, if we didn't have a bunch of people going, like falling down and laughing and having, you know, Holy Spirit moments, God was not there today. And I'm here to tell you, if that's you, we can sit in the mystery of that. We can have moments. I know on Sunday, there's been Sundays where I've left church and I'm like, God, were you even there? And of course he was. His presence is always on the move. It's the mystery of the Holy Spirit. The last group um, that I feel like we see coming to our church uh, is, is a group who goes, hey, um, I've read the Bible. I, I've read a, a little bit about what happens in the book of Acts. And, and though it is unusual and it is a bit mysterious, I'm open to it. And I would encourage you, whether you're in that first group, man, I would encourage all of us to be okay when the wind of God begins to blow 
There's some mystery. We don't have to have it all figured out. We can be like uh, Nicodemus. It's going to be up on the screen here. I want you to say it with me here. I don't understand. It's okay. It's okay for us to sit in that. It reminds me a little bit of a cell phone. I was trying to find a, uh, an old school Blackberry or like a brick phone. You guys have the brick phone? Anybody? Yeah. A cell phone, man. I don't know how it works. All I know is when I, I, I type in a text message, it goes like, you know, thousands of miles up to some satellite or goes flying across some, to some tower and then it comes back and my wife is sitting, you know, right across the room and it comes right back there. I don't know how it all works. All I know is that those of you BlackBerry people, or those of you Android people, you mess up all of our group messages, right? Just kidding. I know, that's a touchy subject. Man, the, the wind of God. When we see throughout Scripture, the wind of God is the Holy Spirit on the move. And He's always at work. And He's always probing around in our heart. He's always trying to help us grow to know His character more. He loves you far more than you can ever imagine. He loves you so much. See, we don't have to have it all figured out. The prophet Joel spoke some 400 years before Jesus that a day was coming when the creator, God, the author and sustainer of life would pour out his spirit. Young and old would prophesy and dream dreams and have visions. And you have to know that the people of God were waiting for this moment. And then Jesus shows up on the scene and we see in Luke chapter 4 that he is full of the Holy Spirit. Some 400 years before Jesus, Joel spoke that God was going to pour out his spirit on people. And Jesus shows up full of power, full of peace, full of wisdom, full of compassion, full of mercy, full of truth. And everyone notices something is different about that guy. Man, when he teaches, he teaches with authority. When he comes in contact with somebody who's sick, they get healed. When he comes in contact with the demonic man, they flee. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. And yet, I find it fascinating. If you have your Bible, you can open it up to John chapter 16. John chapter 16, Jesus is coming towards the end of his life. And he begins to speak about leaving. And I find it fascinating because he's saying that the wind of the Holy Spirit, the wind of God is about to come on all believers. And he says, it's actually good that I leave. Now, how many of you know that, that the disciples that are sitting in front of Jesus, God in the flesh, and they hear Jesus say, it's better that I leave. They got to be going, what do you mean? I don't get it. I, I can talk to you right here, Jesus. What do you mean? I, I don't understand how it can actually be better for you to leave. But he says that. But I want you to think about something for a moment. I want you to think about the Samaritan woman at the well. And all of those people who started following Jesus because of her testimony. I want you to think about the, the Roman centurion whose, whose daughter was healed. 
I want you to think about uh, the woman whose, whose daughter was healed up in Tyre and Sidon, and, and she was a follower of Jesus. I want you to think about Zacchaeus. I want you to think about all of these people throughout Scripture that we see all of a sudden they are followers of Jesus. And because Jesus came and he was fully God and yet he was fully man, he purposely limited himself. He could not be with all believers at all times. And I know that kind of blows your mind a little bit, right? Because yes, he is fully God, but we see he purposely did this. He limited himself. And this is why he says in John chapter 16, it's actually good that I go. John 16, 7, I tell you the truth, it's for your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. See, Jesus wanted to pour out his spirit on all believers. He wanted to give you the help of the Holy Spirit. He wanted to give you the advocate, the one who is our helper. He wanted to give you the one who brings peace and comfort and joy and guidance. He wanted to give you the one who convicts us of our sin. And this is what Jesus is talking about in John chapter 16. When the wind of the Holy Spirit begins to blow, he gives us boldness. He gives us guidance. He gives us the conviction of sin. Now I want you to do something for me. I want you to think back over your last, say, three months. And I want you to just remember a day that was just like the worst day. I want you to just think about it for a moment. Maybe something was going crazy at work. Maybe your kids were being crazy. That never happens, right? I want you to think about um, that day that you had some, you know, relational strife in your family. All right, can you think about that moment? You got it? Nod your head at me. Okay. Did you feel discouraged that day? Did you feel worn out? Did you feel a little bit hopeless? I know I, I can think back on a day just a few weeks ago where... I didn't feel good. I was worn out, discouraged. This is why we need the, the Holy Spirit. When the wind of the Holy Spirit begins to blow on believers, man, he encourages us. He gives us strength and hope and joy. I love this quote by Max Lucado in his book, Help is Here. I would highly encourage you to check it out if you have a moment. Here's what he says. So good. He says, we need alien assistance, a source of strength that is unbuffeted by that which buffets us, undisturbed by that which disturbs us, untethered to whatever ties us down. The spirit is not subject to weather patterns, aging bodies, pandemic, stock market swings, or, or despots. He has never been sick. He will never be afraid. He does not worry, strive, or struggle. He is the Holy Spirit marked by mystery and characterized by majesty. Oh, it's so good. Man, my body gets worn out. You can hear it right now, right? I get discouraged. I need the wind of the Holy Spirit to blow on me as a believer to help me. I need the advocate. And this is what happens when the Holy Spirit begins to blow on believers. So I want to spend um, the rest of our time talking about this idea of, of what happens uh, when we see throughout Scripture when the wind of the Holy Spirit begins to blow on us. 
And, and here's what I want you to do. Um, there's three areas that we're going to talk about. And, and my guess is, uh, what I've really been praying is that God would highlight one of these areas for you. And at the end of our time, I want to pray for us that whatever that area is, that the Holy Spirit would, would be on the move in our life. So the first area that we see in Scripture when the wind of God begins to blow is the wind of the Holy Spirit blows on us to bring power and boldness. He gives us boldness. He gives us boldness to, to preach the gospel. This is what happened on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing, everybody say it, wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared on them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to utter in other tongues as the Spirit began, uh, gave them utterance. When the wind of the Holy Spirit began to blow, these believers received power on high. We see Peter stand up and preach this incredible message, maybe the greatest message ever preached by somebody not named Jesus. We see him boldly speak up about the good news of the gospel. There are people, listen to me, church. There are people all around you that are desperate for the gospel. They're desperate for it. But we need the, the boldness. And my guess is, some of you can think back to this past week. You spent some time with some family. Some of them you like. Some of you don't like, right? But those people, some of them are far from God. I know I spent uh, some time with some family. And uh, a few of them, uh, man, they don't, they don't know Jesus. They don't know his goodness. And you know what I found myself doing? Begin to pray for them. God, give me boldness to be able to share the good news with them. They don't have a hope. They don't have a hope. We see in 1 Thessalonians, man, they, it talks about a, a hope. We have a different kind of hope. And this is what the Holy Spirit gives us when he blows on believers. He gives us a boldness. And so for some of us in here, man, you have people in your office. You have people on your kids' sports teams. You have people in your neighborhood. And God is giving you an opportunity to share the gospel with them. But you just need the boldness. So if that's you, man, I want to pray for you at the end of our time today. The second area that we see when the wind of the Holy Spirit begins to blow is the wind of the Holy Spirit brings conviction of sin. Conviction of sin. We live in a world that praises and lifts up sin. We see it all the time on our social media feeds. We see it all the time on our television screens. We see it all the time on the different things that we watch or we hear. And, and we need the Holy Spirit to convict us of our sin. It's not fun to hear that. But some of us, we found that the Holy Spirit has begun to blow on certain areas of our life, areas that we used to think were okay. All of a sudden now we know it's not okay for me to watch that anymore. It's not okay for me to listen to that anymore. It's not good for me, right? And this is what happens when the wind of the Holy Spirit begins to blow on believers. He convicts us of our sin. And if that's you, if there's something in your mind, even right now, that God's bringing to mind 
Man, that's the wind of the Holy Spirit beginning to blow on your life. He's convicting you of certain areas that he wants you to grow in. There's particular areas right now for some of us, we go, man, I don't need to be doing that anymore. It's not good for me. This is an area that the wind of the Holy Spirit is beginning to blow on you. In John chapter 16, that's what Jesus speaks of. He says, he says the Holy Spirit brings conviction. When he comes, he'll bring conviction of sin. Finally, the wind of the Holy Spirit brings guidance, truth, comfort, and peace. Some of us come in here today. We've got something going on in our world, and we don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle that problem in my family. I don't know how to um, deal with that particular part of my job that particular person in my office. I don't know how to deal with that wayward child right now. Man, if that's you, I think the wind of the Holy Spirit wants to give you guidance in all truth. John chapter 16, verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. This is what happens on believers when the wind of the spirit begins to blow on us. He gives us boldness. He gives us conviction of sin. He gives us guidance. So here's what I want to do. To finish our time today, I'm going to ask, ask you just simply to, to stand with me, whether you're here at 191, whether you're at the Neely campus. I want to take a moment uh, and give you just, just a moment of silence. I want you to just ask the Holy Spirit, just in your, own, in your own mind, in your own heart, God, which area do you want to blow on? Which area? Boldness, conviction of sin, peace, comfort, guidance, truth. Just take a moment, ask him. God, I thank you that you have given us your scripture. You have given us the word of God. But Father, today we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is our helper, our paraclete, our advocate. Father, I thank you um, that when the wind of the Holy Spirit begins to blow on believers, that things change, Lord, that it's not the same, that we're not the same people that we were weeks or months or years ago. God, you change our heart, you change our mind. You help us to to even uh, change our behavior. So, Father, today, if if you are convicting us of a a certain sin in our life, God, we want to be open. We say, God, we want to change that area. Would you help us? Maybe you're calling us to go share that particular area of sin with somebody. God, we want to grow in boldness. Holy Spirit, would you begin to blow on our area of boldness? Father, would you help us? 
God, for those of us today who who just need some guidance in a particular area of our life, Holy Spirit, would you blow on that area? You're on the move in that particular area in our family, in our job, in our kids, whatever it may be, in our marriage. God, we ask that you would lead us and guide us in all truth right now. And so, Father, we thank you for the gift of the Spirit. We thank you that you have good things in store. You're bringing us joy and your mercy. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Everybody said.